Welcome to a Work Experience Podcast. This week with a co-host, Malk. Hello, everyone. I don't. I've never co-hosted before, Malk. So uh, let's jump in. How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm doing very well. Thank you for including me, Braden. Uh, Long time listener, second time talker. Yes, that's right. The loyal fans will remember Malk from epi- uh, week one, day five, I think you were, which is early day season one. We've come a long way. But uh, Malk has been star. a valued part of the journey. And my sort of, I call him the podfather. Because, um, Malk, you've got a bit of a background in, in podcasts and and that. You're a podcast evangelist. Yeah, look, I like them. I dabble in them. I appreciate the form. Uh, I've recorded a few in my time. Uh, and I just want to encourage people to you know connect with them. There's so many out there that can offer so much insight and so many different thoughts and ideas and views on things. And even if it's not even about, you know, Church and Jesus stuff, there's a whole range of podcasts that are incredible to connect with. Yeah, definitely. Have you ever co-hosted one before? Many times. I do a TV one that I co-host regularly now. How do you do it? Are we doing it now? I think we're doing it pretty well now. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you. Uh, There's no one else I'd rather do it with or no one else was available. Pick one of those. Well, it's exciting today. Uh, Coming up soon, uh, we've got a guest who's waiting in the virtual lobby. Uh, We're going to chat with a friend of mine, Liam Miller, um, who he himself is a podder or a caster or a podcaster. Malk? Caster. Caster. Hmm. Um, And he's the caster pastor. And so it's going to be great to chat with him. But Malk, I thought we'd, uh, you know, have a a bit of a chinwag first. Yeah, let's settle in. Yeah. As our, as our audience um, adjusts their calendars. Mog, do you have a pump-up song? Do you have a song that, you know, you play as you're approaching a, you know, a tough meeting or, you know, Monday mornings, get out of bed? Do you have a pump-up song? Yeah, I've got a, a couple. Yeah. One that's like a big, like the, the pump-up, let's do it, whether it's a, if I need to be on the treadmill or meetings, like you said. And that's um, Pretender by the Foo Fighters. Absolutely go ballistic over that. Love it to bits. If there's other opportunity for me, but pump up in like a chill way, like if I want to get sort of ready to cycle, settle in stuff, Africa by Toto is the best song ever. Okay. Uh, well, quick comment. What about the Weezer cover? Were you a fan? Uh, look, I thought it was okay. And I understand all of the background to getting there. Um, it was the Weezer version of Africa, right? Yeah. It was, it was good, but really not well. great. Do you think there should be songs that should be banned from being covered? No, I think that quite often that's where we get some incredible joy and uh, new life birthed into them. Good. In fact, they they don't spring to mind now that I've raised it, but I I'm, can guarantee there's at least two songs I can think of that the original version, not as good as ultimately a cover or the second version therein. Okay. Think about Daryl Braithwaite's Horses, right? That's a cover. Is it? Yeah, Ricky Lee Jones, I think, did the original mm-hmm. version of it. We are an educational podcast. And now, Natalie and Bruley is torn. That's a cover. Really? Yes. Wow. Uh, because we're co-hosting, you can ask me that same question now, Malk. So, Braden, I was thinking, do you have a pump-up song? Funny you should ask. I've got, I've got two at the moment. Really? Um, yeah. The first one is uh, I See Fire by Ed Sheeran out of the um, Hobbit soundtrack. It does, that's not your traditional kind of pump-up song, though. It's I pretty know, groovy, cool, and like that. It stirs me. It stirs right. me deep in my waters. 
there's some terrible covers of that. I once spent a drive to work just listening to the covers in uh, Apple <laughs> Fight. Terrible. Oh, um, but YouTube is the home of terrible covers of everything, right? Yeah. That's where this guy gets his guitar and sits down and records it. And instead of going, mate, I sounded bad, they post it on their YouTube channel. Do you think reality TV has got something to do with that? Like everyone suddenly yeah. thinks they're, you know, worthy. Television of- has everything to do with that. Yeah, that's what I thought. My other one is probably a medley of the Greatest Showman album. Wow. Uh, like from now on is the story of my life mm-hmm. uh, and particularly probably the story of being a podcast host that exponential rise and fame and drinking champagne with kings and queens and I lost sight of the audience and the purpose and the humbling sort of the meteoric rise to number 41 in the worldwide religion and spirituality charts yes rocketing uh, rocketing and yeah I lost sight of, of why we were here so that story tells my life. And then the, the This Is Me anthem. Um, and, and here's a tip for young players. On YouTube, on the tube, there are two production videos from when they tried to get The Greatest Showman like bought by producers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a live read, I think it is. Yeah. And there's the song, the, um, This Is Me and From Now On. And they're just stirring. I, I've watched them maybe 30 times. Yeah, yeah. So is this um, the one where the, the from now on is that the one that has uh, who was Hugh Jackman uh, is sitting there and isn't meant to be singing and then yes. joins in singing because yes. he had like he has a nose cancer cut out and then he finds his voice and um, yeah and like all the the chorus is there and obviously some production staff and some writers are there and everyone's on their seats clapping. It's yep. great, um, well worth the four minutes. And the other one, and this is me, is the actress whose name I can't recall, but we'll add that in in post-production. Um, yep. She's always sung that song behind the, the music stand. Yes. And then she suddenly realises the power of this song and then she's out there shaking booties and clapping and stuff. And it's just, it's, it's lovely. Without making this take too dark a turn, how do you feel about the realisation that P.T. Barnum was actually a pretty horrible guy? That has taken a horrible turn. I mean, we've just glorified him in, in The Greatest Showman, but actually he was like a perpetuator of slave, of slave ownership and did some horrible things just so that he could be rich and famous. This is why I don't co-host. I'll need to, I'll need to do some research and get back to you in an upcoming episode. This podcast is over. <laughs> I'm just... I end. No, that's fascinating. And I think that's a good segue. It's a good segue, Mulk. Yes. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna use that as a handbrake. I'm gonna use it as a pivot. Great. Um, you are someone that I constantly find to be, and I think it's. I think it's who you are. I don't think. I don't get the sense that it's bung on for people. But you have an energy and a and a hopefulness and and a resilience in who you are. And and I and I count it as a privilege to know you. And and I think many people um, who do would feel the same. Not everyone, of course, but most. Sure. When I look at the context of the world we're in today, I feel like that that must be tough. That must be tough to to hold that outlook and that energy, and, and when we see these things going on around us. And I mean, uh, we're recording this at the end of October, and it's the week when we've had um, uh, hate crimes in the US, and. Yep and wars breaking out in different countries and political unrest. And then there's the own shame, our own shame of the Australian political landscape. 
how do you as a as a man of faith and uh someone who chooses to see the best in people and in places how do you summon the resources to maintain that you just have a lot of the toto by africa all the time just all the time it's permanently on loop in my head um, I have a lot of feelings, Brayden, and it, it can be a difficult thing to process sometimes because I feel so deeply and, and I engage and connect uh, uh, with my friends and people that I, I um, am in ministry with in partnership or even the people that you know I'm charged to care for. Uh, in no small part, in no other way does it function without me really working and continuing to grow a relationship with Jesus. I just can't make it happen in my own strength or I'd be in the corner for all of the reasons that you just listed. I'd be in the corner of the room in a crying little ball of whatever. Um, I, I find great hope in the gospel. I see um, the good news played out in so many ways in the people around me and the recognition that when I'm engaging with people, it's not about me turning up and bringing Jesus, but rather seeing Jesus at work in those people's lives and how that uh, is continuing. And that can be tough in some dark situations and some difficult situations. Uh, uh, positions um it's the truth for me I, I just need to to be open about how i engage in that and it, it doesn't mean it doesn't take its toll and it doesn't mean that i don't mess up and get things a bit skew if or get too passionate about something or uh, or overly connected and involved in stuff um and that's where you know good friends around me and, and my family keep me in check and and i have to be open and honest in all of my relationships particularly uh, with god wow Thanks, man. That's helpful. I think um, in this digital age when we only really get snapshots, like a two-dimensional imprint of people, yeah, um, we don't hear what's propping that up or, or, or what's led, like what's happening between those snapshots. And um, it's helpful. Thanks, man. That's great. Do you mind if I include that in the podcast? Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, good. All right. We're not recording now, are we? Oh, I was meant to hit record at the beginning. That's okay, then. We'll that's do it. In, fix it in post. Post. That's right. The editing crew at Work Experience Headquarters are really good. Good. Um, yeah. All right. No, look, let, enough about us. Uh, co-hosting. Um, it's, this is great fun. And look, let's, let's welcome our, our first guest, a scheduled meeting um, with a friend of mine who I think we'll get him to introduce himself. But uh, Liam Miller, welcome to Work Experience Podcast. <laughs> Hey, Pastor Castor Liam Miller coming at you. It's a breezy 25 degrees in Sydney, so head to the beach, but stay off the M7 because it's a gridlock out there. Okay. Uh, it's been turned into a farm. Imagine if I just persisted with a radio personality. Like, yeah. Brayden had no idea I was going to do this, and we get into serious discussion about digital ministry, and I'm still like, well, you got to get on that digital ministry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I brought my own soundboard. <laughs> it's the really internet, Brayden, Liam, and the Mulk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome to AM with Brayden, Liam, and the Mulk. Uh, so, um, I, my name is Liam Miller. Um, I'll take Pastor Caster. Uh, I'm, I'm currently the Uniting Church Chaplain at Macquarie University, and as Brayden mentioned, uh, kind of as part of that work, hosts the uh, Love, Rinse, Repeat podcast, which you can subscribe, rate, and review to right now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, That's how you do it, Braden. Just by the way, that is how you promote and get people to connect to your podcast in one sentence. Yeah, your podcast app is probably already open, so just switch over to Discover. Yeah, pause uh, this <laughs> and go check out Love, Rinse, Repeat. 
I set up a website for work experience. Well, I asked someone who knows how to do that to set up a website for this. So that's to help people that don't know how to use podcast apps. That's what I was told. Mm. Yeah. yeah. All right, Liam, thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, a thrill to have you on because uh, unashamedly, I think you have been leading the church in being present in this digital space from more than just a marketing perspective, not just like we want to tell you about how you can come to our programs, but actually seeing this as an opportunity to engage, resource, push, learn, etc. cetera. Um, and I have stolen ideas from you, you know, from the, from the dawn of the internet. Haven't we all? So um, it's, it's great to have you on, mate. And, and throughout this, like, hopefully we'll get to talk about uh, Jesus 1224, um, the podcast and, and some of those other things. But, Mulk, you've also, you know, regular listeners will know that you've got a bit of the skin in the game in this sphere as well, not just from your IT background, but digital discipleship and, yes. and now in your role um, with the Synod. So this could be a really fun chat. Uh, but... I guess let's open it up and, and see where we get to. What are we learning from the digital world and from the church as we seek to blend, I guess, expressions of formation and education and spirituality beyond the sort of gathered face-to-face model that sort of dominated Christendom to now this sort of blended reality where we are doing, well, the opportunity is to move into the digital sphere. What are we learning? gentlemen i think something that's really important to kind of note really early on is that like despite what people might thought if they were watching this video digital ministry or digital engagement online community is not something for just like young white hipsters like what what we're seeing more and more from as you listen to the those who are forming digital community is it's important for those with you know in communities with disability in communities with like mental health issues in communities uh who are, who are regionally located uh, from often vulnerable communities, like such as the LGBTIQ community, that this is not just something that people are kind of doing, oh, because we're like too cool to actually meet up in person, you know, which is often the stereotype that gets put on it. It's often coming out of either I don't have other options or the options around me aren't safe for me or that uh, I just can't find people who are at the same point that I'm at. And so I think, what we need to just, you know, a thing to kind of work on and what I've been discovering more and more is maybe I took this up because it was something I thought was fun and, uh, and I was intrigued by what its possibilities were, but there were already a lot of people already present in these online spaces who were there because like it was the place they could go. So I think it's not just kind of a, a thing that we can dismiss as like, oh, people adopt it because they don't want to do the hard work of meeting people face to face or they want to keep their options open and have, seven things going at once it's it's an authentic means of meeting that for some people is the only authentic means of of meeting and and talking and collaborating and and seeking to to live out uh full lives of communities that's just one like the really like a nice initial thing that i've kind of encountered as i've waded into this world yeah wow that's great we should have had you on at the beginning (laughs) Better than this other guy. Um, absolutely, Liam. I, I 100% agree and resonate with that. You're right. There are a whole bunch of people within the life of the church that are also boldly stepping into some of those places and trying mm. things and having a go and working out what it looks like uh, to be authentically in ministry in different digital contexts and concepts and the way that we gather and how we include people in that. 
Uh, even just reflecting, Braden, on your conversation with, uh, sorry, Pastor Susie. Pastor Susie. Um, and the work that he's doing, right, with his Twitch channel. Um, look, he's a pretty wicked gamer. I've seen him play. Uh, however, the, the conversation around the nature of Jesus and the, the, the issues of the day and, and what the gospel looks like in 2018, in that way that he's sharing that and engaging with his followers, is a great example of just trying some new stuff uh, and being 100% who Jesus made you to be and who he uh, has worked and worked with you to be in that situation. And that's absolutely critical, as we know in all of our lives and the way that we interact in real life, as much as then how we engage in this weird sort of bits and bites land. Mm. Cool. All right. This, there is still a tension. I've found it. Um, there's still this tension, and, and I guess it's the it's the organization sort of defending itself that, you know, digital can't replace face-to-face that um, it's always going to be like this awkward cousin to the gathered uh, IRL community. What is, is that the case? Is that always going to be the case? Or do we think that actually the technology and the approaches and understandings of technology um, can dismiss that sort of resistance. What do you reckon, gentlemen? It's interesting to reflect that the church has always relied on ways of gathering or ways of faith formation beyond face-to-face. And we wouldn't have a Bible if it wasn't for, you know, the distribution of media when face-to-face wasn't possible. Paul writes letters and sends it out. Gospels are written to be um, passed on and read and discussed in, in other... So there's even though it hasn't been a digital sense, there's always been this kind of way that, that discipleship has happened, that Christian community has formed through non-face-to-face, exclusively non-face-to-face um, approaches. You know, and when we have, even through the time of like, you know, collections of letters between people who are working out yeah, yeah. and asking questions. So it, it's always been a thing that has existed. What's now is we see it, it's so much easier. It's so much more widespread and, and, it's when it's just more ubiquitous now. I don't know whether the, the the right question is, will it, you know, fully replace one or the other? I don't think it will. I just think the nature of human society means it can't. Um, but I, I feel like we should not be so afraid of it taking up whatever slice of the pie it does for someone's life. Uh, you know, what, what really has never been kind of the issue for Christianity is the, is the media. That's why, you know, the Bible has always been able to be translated. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's why, you know, these kinds of, what always matters is the content, is what, how people are being moved and shaped by what they experience, which hopefully is, you know, into community gathered by the spirit for the, you know, mission of God. So that's the kind of movement that always happened. But I think that can happen a multiple, uh, multiple ways and yeah Matt you know there might always be elements of face-to-face but there might not need to be as much as we once thought and and also it might be interesting to see how how the the two inform the other what can the face-to-face gathering learn from what people are experiencing in their online communities and how can online communities be further and further developed to reflect the vulnerability and authenticity that is sometimes bit more easily come to perhaps in face-to-face, although that's maybe a disputable point. I mean, I'll answer the question by asking you both a question. What does your 
um, the relationships that you have on social media, things like Facebook or, or whatever. Um, Sorry, what was that first one? Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, yeah. it's all right. I'll explain it offline. It's okay. okay. I would hazard a guess that there are people that are friends or followers, people that you're connected with in, in any of those sort of ecosystems that you may have met once or maybe even twice, but that you maintain a reasonably healthy friendship relationship with them. Uh, and you don't get to see them like mm. in your face regularly because of distance or whatever. Um, but that they're still really valuable relationships for you. Yeah. 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 I, I, my kind of best friend at the moment now lives in Seattle, like, and you know, we are still very good friends and, but it has made so much easier because of digital ways to connect mm. on, on the other side. I have friends you know, for, you know, fr friendship relationships through Twitter, who people I've never met, people in the States or other where in the world, and I've never met them. We only have found each other through an online community, but, you know, have been people who have, when they know I've been going through a time of transition or something that's tough, have been really quick to reach out and offer practical and emotional and, and spiritual yeah. support in those times. And we have not had a face-to-face a -face meeting, but I feel, you know, it's an authentic relationship that uh, can you know, that, that doesn't have much of that distinguishes it from, from the relationship I have with my friend who lives across the street from me. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the advantages, right? Um, the immediacy of that technology provides yeah. um, and, and that it can overcome both time and geography um, to, in a sense, yeah, connect us and maintain those things and be responsive and be dynamic and, um, whereas, you know, trying to line up to have the pastoral visitation or, you know, gathering people for um, an educational experience. Mm. Yeah. Whilst we still see that as the, the default, it's certainly got its own limitations. What, one of the key learning um, opportunities that has come out of my time working in the Digital Discipleship Project uh, and birthing and, and encouraging the Breadfish 2 community uh, has been coming to understand how the nature of relationship has changed. And, and by changed, I don't mean that necessarily parts of it have been foregone or cut away, rather added to, mm -hmm. you know, the, 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 as you said, brain, the dynamic nature of relationship that can occur now, thanks to, you know, interconnectedness means that relationships are no less genuine and we continue to feed them and grow them. You can reflect on that, Liam, in, in, as you said about your friend in Seattle, as much as your other mates that you meet face-to-face uh, -face, or that maybe you continue to be in relationship with but haven't met or don't see as regularly. I, I reflect in the same way that I've got a bunch of friends or people that I would call and consider friends that I have never met or don't see regularly and they're vital and valuable to me. Um, this doesn't negate the importance of us gathering together in real life. I think what it opens up is a new way for us to gather uh, and be involved in that community. And that makes it no less intentional and no less God centered where we make that choice for it to be like that. Mm. Yeah, I think what also becomes available is maybe an even easiness of forming relationships with people who are outside of my usual frame of reference, you know, yeah. especially if you live in an area that's maybe kind of, particularly, you know, uh, monocultural, uh, the ability to form people whose lives, you know, connections of people, friendships of people, or just to listen and hear from people, even if you're not kind of in a two-way engagement with people whose 
you know, experience of the world is drastically different, is made so much easier by the, you know, the, the, the digital world. And because of that, you know, you feel like your understanding of a situation, your, uh, you know, your initial gut reaction to a situation is challenged for the better because you're not just going off, well, this is how everyone around me interprets the situation. I'm also hearing from people way outside of that experience, way outside of that location that I have inherited. Uh, and I'm all the better for that. And so, and that goes for learning about faith. That goes for thinking about, you know, politics, the environment, like all this stuff is expanded and um, enriched by the ability through digital media to connect uh, much wider than our neighbourhoods. Yeah, that, um, I've got been thinking about two things while we've been talking. One is that apparently uh, podcasts have been around 12, 13 years now. Um, arguably, they're still not mainstream, but um, certainly people connecting now are not early adapters. Um, and yet people listening to this podcast like we're probably preaching to the choir in a sense. Mm -hmm. It's the 99% of, of church people that, that aren't in this sphere that we want to be hollering at. But you know, uh, if you are listening and you find this helpful, don't forget, you can get in touch with the show. Uh, we always love hearing from you. Is that, see, that's a good plug, isn't it, Mark? Well done. Great, great move. As co-host, you could help us out with that too. occasionally. <laughs> sure. um, I was just keeping my, you know, my powder dry. Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. You can come home strong. Um, Thanks. The other thing I've been thinking about is uh, in a prior life, I trained as a, um, as a teacher. And I was sort of going through uni right as um, the whole flipped classroom and, and, and that sort of ethos was, was really being embedded in teacher education. And the idea being that uh, you can learn outside of the classroom, but you come to the classroom to practice and to be... Um, and the teacher's role then isn't the distiller of all knowledge, but the guide and the support worker to help you develop your skills. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and uh, there's definitely some places where that's really taken off and there's been a lot of resistance as well. Um, but I wonder how that approach, like how that impacts communities of faith, this sense of like, because I mean, all of us would be accessing, um, not just sermons, but we know, I know Liam has read every book ever published, um, mm. but we access information and, and we're learning constantly. It's no longer refined to, you know, Bible studies and sermons um, at church gatherings. Um, yes. But then, then what place, then how do we bring that knowledge and those experiences to the gathering? Um, I think that's an area where churches can open up, that there's still, very much you're expected to come and consume and yet we're coming as people who have been doing that 24 7 and been consuming from this width and breadth and depth of uh, in our situation in our circumstance the christian tradition but you know others i think you know what are, what do you reckon is that are we onto something or is there are there obvious uh, red flags in that yeah i've got two thoughts if mark don't mind me jumping in please uh, so one is just interestingly, we tried a, I was in a church room for a while. We tried a lot of these different kinds of, uh, you know, content delivery, uh, based on some of that educational practice. So we tried like an 80, 20 sermon for a month, essentially, where you would kind of send out to everyone 80% of the content through kind of, you know, block text, maybe a little video, maybe some questions. You had, and then you came and you really only got like a five minute, here's like, I mean, maybe a wrap up thought or a, pull it all apart thought 
Um, and then we would break into either discussion or some sort of activity. And like it had some success. It just depends because that's obviously maybe for some people are hearing that and being like, well, I'm never, ever going to that church. Uh, and a bunch of people might be like, finally, I know what church I can go to. So it's going to be one of those maybe a bit more divisive things. Um, and, and it raises questions of how, how do you still do it in a way for those who are coming in there for the first time and haven't had the content? Like it's not as like a school is, doesn't have to worry about that so much. Which led me then to the second thought, which is, as we were talking about before, how does, if we view the digital and the face-to-face not in a competitive relationship, mm-hmm. just take as fact that they're both there and they're both not going away. How does that change how we think of the two? Now, if you, as you say, we're getting content just downloaded straight into our brains, right? We, we're just, you know, the, 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 uh, the endless ceasing of waves of news, most of it bad, uh, you know, of, hey, here's a blog, good blog on that. Here's a good video on that. Here's a sermon you can listen to. It's just, it's content, content, content. Like I can, I, I, go, to, I go to walk from the lounge room to the bathroom and I quickly get out my phone because I can probably scroll Twitter for 25 seconds as I make my way just through the house. 25 seconds is way too long, but like whatever. Um, you know, yeah, I, nice. all, yeah, yeah, I get lost because yeah. um, I'm looking at my phone. Um, we're, but we're always getting content. In. So if that's the case, then how might we think about the face-to-face gathering as less of a way of here's more content and here's, a, here's an absence, absence of content. Here's a stop. Here's a, a silence. Here's a, a we're actually going to remove the amount of media you're uh, absorbing. Finally, I was listening to a podcast, which is not a religious podcast at all. It's a um, really funny comedy podcast where they review chain restaurants called the Doughboys. Hmm. Uh, but they've been doing a, a religious month where they've been going to religious themed chain restaurants like Chick-fil-A and um, hmm. whatever. Uh, and, but they decided they'd both go to church. Um, they both kind of been grown up religious, but they both went to church as like a part of the experiment. Reflecting on it, one of the guys said, you know what I really liked about it? I was bored. I'm never bored in life anymore. There's always so much coming at me. So it wasn't boring, but just having that moment where you're like, I'm not having thousand things coming at me. And it's, it's what I wouldn't in a lot of the time think as boring was nice. So, so maybe if we're not looking at this as a competition, but a two complementary spheres of how we engage with the world and community. If we know this about the digital one, which won't be, we're not able to change, but we are able to control how we gather together physically face to face. How might we think about that in a new way? You know, maybe we're part one of the Bible and the, and the newspaper held together. We need to put down the newspaper for a bit, not to ignore it, but just to have a moment where there's less media coming at you. There's less of the world flooding at you for this moment where we stop and pause and, and rest our minds. If, if nothing else, there are two thoughts. Yeah. The contemplative is something that seemingly the digital is the antithesis of, isn't it? Mm. Because our our digital engagement and connection is so full on and so much and all the time and give me everything and don't let me break and don't let me rest. Mm. And then you're right, gathered church community almost feels like we have to keep up or supplement that or be a part of that when the, 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 the true nature of God is to find those moments to stop. And to uh, be in the moments where we can rest and listen uh, and be connected with something beyond ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or even to, if, if we want to really internalize it, 
let the noise wash away so that we can hear what God is saying to us um, and, and, and acknowledge the things that within us uh, that are challenging us or separating us from God in that. We might see the actions and outpourings in our lives, but we don't know the motivations necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is, we, we have access to, and Liam, you touched on this, access to the highest quality content from around the world. Right there, here on work experience. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's exactly where I was going with that. Well done, Braden. Yep. Um, at the risk of sounding uh, heretical, like you don't need to go to church to hear a really mm-hmm. good sermon. You can, and often you will. Uh, however, we can now listen to the best preachers in the world all the time. Yep. Um, the, the downside on that is that we also have access to all of the ones that aren't great. Because mm. there are lots of people that are just pumping out stuff that might be saying stuff that is fine, but might take seven hours to get there instead of 20 minutes. Or uh, are maybe delivering stuff that is kind of we need to stop and think, and are they telling us truth or, or their version of it? Uh, and, and the fast-paced or the, the, dare I say it, the fake news lifestyle that we live in now means that we've become less uh, aware and even, dare I say it, less educated around being able to make those decisions for ourselves, mm. being able to understand that the content that we're getting and feeding into us is critically good or not. And, and how we determine that and what that looks like is a, an ongoing journey for us. If you don't read all the books, you're not going to know all of the answers. So Liam's a step ahead of me. Um, however, there's always more books being printed. So keeping up with that, good luck to you. Mm. I like this reputation that I'm apparently is being built around me. Uh, I, to do my own plug, uh, a recent interview of Love, Rinse, Repeat was with uh, Rabbi Shai Held. And he was kind of talking about how what is, you know, we encounter all the time is reading fast. Mm. You know, like, here's a tweet. Great. I've got, I've got my opinion on that news story now. Or, okay, I'll open up the thing, but I'll just quickly read first paragraph, browse, browse, browse. Great. Got the content. And, or if you watch the news, it's the news that you're hearing and then maybe two bars of news scrolling down the bottom. Mm-hmm. So, read fast and he had this quote which was the first rule you know for, for when we are trying to connect with god is to read slowly uh, yeah. and i think i'm i'm a sucker for this i want more content so if i'm going to sit down and read the bible let's hope i read like if i read three or four chapters that's boom good mm-hmm. a good amount of reading i got the content but he's saying what if we slow and just read a sentence two sentences paragraph again and again and just slow over that and let it hit us, let every word take its time with us that we are slowed by it and, and can be moved and changed and formed. And he even talks about this careful reading is an act of, of cultural defiance. So how do we practice that again in our churches where maybe we forego length of the sermon to read shorter scriptures two or three times across yeah. their time or to sing a song, you know, a couple, whatever it might look like, but how do we practice this in ourselves to slow our minds and slow our hearts and allow ourselves to be oriented to God, allow ourselves to be shaped by the scriptures. Uh, and so that when we go back out into the world, which floods at us uh, with content, we, we experience that differently and we can challenge that a little more and we can, maybe navigate it a little more wisely. So, yeah, I, I think you're very much right. How do we, you know, get that, that contemplative? How do we get that slowing down to, you know, as a response to what comes to us, you know, what we're all experiencing every day? That's great. Liam, we're going uh, to let you go. Mm-hmm. 
back to the virtual lobby, back to <laughs> real life, uh, IRL. But do you want to um, any shameless plugs? Any um, we've heard about Love Rinse Repeat, which um, any any ways people can connect with you or the work you're doing and check it out? Yeah, so Love Rinse Repeat can be found at loverinserepeat.com uh, or Love Rinse Repeat can be uh, downloaded in your podcast app. If you have a podcast app it's not on, let me know. I'll get it on there. Uh, connect with me on Twitter at LiamMiller87, uh, a username I regret more with every passing year, but <laughs> Miller87. Um, and in terms of online thing, through my work at the uni, we're looking to maybe set up an online Advent Bible study, which might be going on as this episode drops. So great. search me out, search the chaplaincy, United Church Chaplaincy Mac Uni on Facebook and see if it's still going and you can join us. And if it's not going, then, you know, I changed my mind between now and then the podcast came out. Sure. Or Jesus came back. I mean, <laughs> yes, that's true. Thank you, Pete. <laughs> and, if, and if you're only finding that out from Facebook, then that only proves our point of how important. It means that you are a witness and you need to stand up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks, guys, uh, and thanks for doing the good work. Mulk, do you uh, want to pull your way as co-host? Thanks. Thank Liam and segue to the next section. Sure. Hey, uh, Liam, thanks for joining us. We've really appreciated your insight. Uh, thank you for allowing me to meet you for the first time. I look forward to this relationship growing digitally uh, as much as hopefully one day uh, over coffee. Yeah, that was great. Really nice to meet you, and good to see that Braden's still working even as he went south. So that's yeah, occasionally. He occasionally is working. <laughs> My manager sometimes listens. That was great, wasn't it, Mole? That was great fun. It's amazing the people that you trip over on the internet. Oh, well, I've been stalking, Liam. Like, not tripping. Like, keeping a healthy distance so as not to alert yeah, your phone. Yeah, so you're not discovered. Yeah. I think so. And, and look, he's going to go places. This might be the launch pad. Um, I, I reckon we'll be able to look back in time uh, when moderator Liam Miller is able to say, you know what, I think that the church you know, broadly really got a good sense of who I was from that one work experience podcast episode. Yeah. Uh, Available well, now on iTunes. The same way that um, a previous guest, Liawana Palu, when she is the head of the UN, mm. um, we'll be able to name that this was... A stepping stone. Yeah, that's right. Thanks. True co-hosts finish each other's sentences. That's right, we're there. Synergy. Mate, um, no library today. Because I've been too busy cramming books for some upcoming guests and trying yes. to listen to entire podcast series to pretend to be um, across upcoming issues. Good. Um, but the opportunity to, I guess, plan for uh, upcoming podcasts live on the podcast with a co-host is something yes. I wanted to take advantage of. So right. I've got an idea for two new segments on Work Experience, the podcast. And I thought I'd bounce them off you and see what you think. Um, audience, you can, if you're still there, you can um, give us your feedback. Uh, in the same way that a lot of you were upset that all those spin-offs a few weeks ago were not legitimate upcoming <laughs> podcasts. Uh, thanks for making that known. But um, you can get in touch via Facebook or the email and, and tell us which one of these two games you'd like to see us play. Okay, the first game. Right. Yes, Malk is called Ready. Emoji Decoder. Nice. It's, it's an educational game. Uh, you see all these emojis. You might have used them. You might have received them. What do you think they mean and what do they actually mean? Oh, you... that's, I'm very, very pro this because uh, I particularly find that a bunch of people that I speak to are starting to not only just include emojis 
at the end of their messages, but it, they're filtering into the middle and some of them are only sending, like that's their entire message, just emoji. Yeah. So emoji decoder, you think it's got legs? Definitely it's lit if we were to lean on that pilot. Yeah, well, little quit's not going anywhere, let's be honest. That's good, we'll um, stay strong. Yeah, that's emoji right. Emoji decoder I think could be a great uh, uh, palette cleanser. Yes. Brief, I, th- I, like, I think it's got a, only one or two emojis per episode. Sharp, punchy. Yeah. Okay, uh, this other one, by now, upwards inflection, mm-hmm. and, and by now, taps into the reality that some of these episodes are, are recorded advanced, in sure. advance. And so I want to ask guests hypothetical questions as to whether something will have happened by now, um, right. by the release date, and then we can test that. And, and I can go back in, you know, post-edit, and, you know, see whether they were correct or not. What do you think about that one? I also think that's very good. Not too dissimilar to an upcoming program on the ABC called Tomorrow Tonight, uh, which is based on Jeffrey Robertson's hypotheticals, but certainly one that I think with your, uh, the calibre of you as host, Braden, and the way that would work, it brings a, a unique flavour to Work Experience Podcast. Has Tomorrow Tonight launched? It launches uh, tomorrow night at our time of recording. Well, then we're going to play by now, right now, and there, there, there's no copyright issues. Right, we've solved it. Okay, Monk. Although yes. it will be, it will be released in three weeks. Doesn't matter. Let's jump in. So, Monk, <laughs> uh, welcome to the first round of by now. Um, by now. By now. I'm not sure. We'll have a sound effect to add in. Okay, so uh, you'll you'll catch on. Great. Has Scott Morrison called an election by now? No, he hasn't. However, I suspect early 2019. Uh, this one uh, is more as, as a question. Great. Who won the US midterms? Oh. Can I say who I want to say who won it as opposed to who will actually win it? You can, Well, I mean, if, you, if they're different, then it's a 50-50. Now, yeah. who do you think wins the US midterms? I'll tell you what, I'll leave this to the Working Experience Podcast editing team to uh, perform the magic. You ready? Yep. I think that the Democrats won. I think that the Republicans won. Flawless. Um, we'll, we'll make you look good. Great. Um, changing pace, bringing it closer to home. Are there children still on Nauru? Oh, sadly, yes. Uh, unfortunately, our government are not running it fast uh, fast enough on that. Has Cricket Australia lifted the bans on Steve Smith and Dave Warner? No, and nor should they. In fact, I think they need to double down on how long they've given them. Oh, I regret having you on as a host. I'm brutal. I think they did a very wrong thing. Has Braden already eaten Christmas pudding with custard? Yes. In fact, I think you did it before this. Are there Easter eggs in Woolworths? Yes, <laughs> always it's November. And finally, has our Work Experience podcast got a sponsor yet? No, but we are waiting for Martin Sheen to call. Look, you pass. Post edit. We'll we'll make sure that we um, give you a correct score by time of release. That's good. And I, as much as anything, Braden, because as we know, people can listen to this online at WXP. Uh, what's WXP? What's the website address? WorkXPC.com. There we go. That's where they should go to listen to it. Or oh, he's off the tongue. 
Nice, that's well done. Or, or on their favourite uh, podcast device, yes. iTunes, of course, but it's in a whole number of other places. By now, we're in Spotify and Google Podcast. That's exactly what you wanted to hear, people. If you are all over that, then everyone can get involved in that. I personally look forward to the feedback, the many letters and comments yes. uh, that say that this whole sort of co-hosting idea is a great idea. Yes, definitely. I think oh, so. After affirmation. I think it's added both a brevity and a depth. Absolutely. Yeah. I am unsure as to how long we've been going. Well, that's totally at your discretion and the, the boffins behind uh, the WXP. Yes, they will. Um, the editing team can be ruthless. However, they're also a little self-indulgent. So it's hard <laughs> to leave out the good stuff. But uh, look, people have got places to go. Mulk, it's been sensational having you on for the whole show. Uh, Thank you. Normally our guests, we only sort of get 10 minutes, but... To go the full journey with someone, um, listeners will be the final judge. You can let us know whether you want Malk back or whether we have a rotating chair. I don't know. We, look, we are pioneering the podcast genre, I think. And um, I've got broad shoulders and I can handle the slings and arrows. Yeah. So thanks, Malk. Thank you, Brayden. Uh, I look forward to hearing this episode in my podcast machine. Yes. And thank you, listeners, for letting us dwell in your ears. Uh, We'll be back next week with another episode of Work Experience Podcast. This is why I don't co-host.